here we go. Happy New Year. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sandbox Podcast. This is a platform where we learn how to lead well with other leaders. And it's the first one of the year. Let's go. Coming to you live from the good land. It's your boy Tyler Richardson and welcome to the first episode 2020 of the Sandbox Podcast. <sighs> the year has started. I know technically I probably should have started this on like January 1st, but technically I'm starting on the first Monday of 2020 instead of the beginning of 2020, which is technically still the early days of the 2020. So whatever. By the way, I don't say 2020, I say the 2020. Uh, Because I feel like it. So, hope everything is well. Hope your holidays were great. That you didn't get sick or kill any loved ones. Because that's always very important. And what I wanted to jump into right off the bat with this new year. Is this concept of working smarter, not harder. Okay? Working smarter, not harder. Um, Now, basically, what I mean in that is this whole idea of, you know, for some of us, you know, it takes four hours to work on one thing that honestly should take about 30 minutes or less, maybe like 24 minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, But for some reason, it takes four hours. Why does it take four hours? Well, for all of us, the, you know, the options could abound. But I think a lot of it is our failure to plan to plan. Okay, and yes, you didn't skip. That is actually what I said. I think it's a failure from us planning to plan. Okay, I think in order for us to have a plan, I think a lot of times we, I've seen a lot of people and I've been a part of a lot of people trying to do it different ways. We think let's have a planning retreat or we're going to have, you know, this is our month of planning or, you know, your homework is to plan, come back tomorrow, something that's really going to impress me. But I think what happens is we need to, infiltrate our schedules and our daily if not weekly something something that's on a rotation of our lives of learning how to plan spaces to plan because schedules adjust um, you know whether that be job schedules family schedules you know you don't have a kid but then you have a kid and or you just had two kids but now you have apparently five because you you know you got excited about the holidays and you adopted (laughs) whatever it may be the schedules you know the the one consistency is their inconsistency and you have to find a way to adapt to that and unless we plan a time to consistently plan uh plans won't be made so that's what we kind of really want to focus on is working smarter not harder i think it's really easy again if if it takes you 30 minutes to do it should take you 30 minutes but it takes you 44 hours well 40 hours that would be horrible it it should you know it should take you 30 minutes but it ends up taking you 4 hours i think a lot of times we think the fact that we're working hard for 4 hours is what matters and we're never stepping back to you know ask uh, the effort that's being put in, is it actually being fruitful or are you just being, you know, full of effort for the sake of being full of effort? And that's what we want to cut down on. You know, I think everything could be, you know, maybe a more creative avenue of work or maybe a more administrative angle of work. It could be on staff. It could be freelance, whatever. Large, small, doesn't really matter. All that matters is we have to decide what we want and not what we see. 
okay? We have to decide what we want and not what we see. So we have to look at where we're at and we have to not ignore the reality, but we have to kind of put the reality on a back shelf, the reality of where your finances are, the reality of, you know, how much influence you have, the reality of, you know, the staff you might have or might not have. You have to put that on the back shelf. You don't ignore it. You don't pretend like it's not true, but you put it on the back shelf to take a back seat to what it is you want. Is there a specific staff member that you want? Is there something in the job title that you don't have yet that you would want? I think we have to decide not, you know, we have to decide what we want and not what we see. Because I think we get so caught up in the things we don't have and the staff we don't, you know, what's not working. And we just kind of, you know, we're like the hamster on a wheel and we're not getting anywhere, but boy, are we doing a lot. And I think we want to remove that facet from what we do. Um, I think so often, uh, actually Queenie, my wife, uh, Queenie's not her birth name, but that's what I call her. Uh, her name is Kennedy. And one thing she has really taught me is the beauty in something that doesn't naturally matter to you letting that be okay and asking you know if even though it doesn't naturally matter is it supposed to and if we feel like you know through prayer and through counsel however you do it if you feel like on the other side of it that it doesn't naturally matter and that it's not supposed to naturally matter I naturally have the personality where that bothers me but I think I'm learning to be okay with the fact of some things just don't naturally matter to me. For example, one thing that does not naturally matter to me is social media. Uh, it's, you know, uh, I can definitely waste my time with it, but it, it's, you know, there's some, you've probably met them, people that are super into social media. I'm not talking about the people that are super into social media strategy and trying to sell you their workbooks. I'm talking about people that are just very, very into it. I'm not very into it, and I'm not into it because, uh, it's not necessarily like a generational thing or anything like that. I think the main reason I'm not into it is because if we've learned anything from social media, the second you get really good at social media, it's going to change. And the second you get really into this app or this platform, it's going to change and it's going to turn into this one and this one and this one and all the rules are going to keep changing. And we're using all this energy to keep up with this what? Because we still don't really fully know the ins and outs of what social media is. Obviously, I use it. You know, once again, I can waste my time and other people's time with my usage of it. Uh, but that's something that I kind of have to make myself be more into. And I think it's certain things like that we have to ask. In our organizations, the people we work around with, lead with, around, whatever it may be, I think we have to pay attention to what naturally matters to us. And then take a break and ask, is there a reason it does not naturally matter? And is that something, you know, a shortcoming in our personality or whatever we need to get over and make it matter? Or is it something it's just not supposed to matter and it's okay that it doesn't matter? And then leaving space with our lives and the relationships we have and our relationship with God to fill in those gaps to figure out who can come alongside us to assist in those things that don't naturally matter to us, but naturally matter to them. I think that's really awesome. I think if it doesn't naturally matter to you, ask if it's supposed to. If not, then be okay with that. And if it's really needed, then God can open our eyes to, you know, to the need and then find somebody who naturally fits that position to operate it, whether it is social media, whether it is praise and worship, whether it is, you know, accounting, whatever it may be. Um, 
I think we have to allow ourselves a lot of space to that. I think it cuts back on us trying to, you know, juggle all these spinning plates that we have no business spinning, but we're just trying to, you know, make sure everybody knows that we could spin them if we had to. And I think it's just removing that self so we can focus on what we need to focus so we do more. And, you know, we can spend a lot of time sharpening the person we're supposed to be or appearing to be the person that's celebrated. I think that's a big thing for me is, again, you know, spending a lot of time sharpening the person we're supposed to be or appearing to be the person that's celebrated. Uh, it's very easy to find the person that's celebrated, and then it's very easy for us to just imitate it. Maybe it's imitating the clothing, imitating the jargon, imitating the social media strategies. You, you know, it, you can find a million templates to do a million things to look like a million copycats. And I think it's very hard to believe the idea that there's actually something so unique in what we're supposed to be and that that really makes a difference and to believe that is very difficult but I think on the other side of that we find a little bit of a less striving and I know striving can kind of be a buzzword and I don't mean we don't strive in the sense that we don't do anything and everything falls into our lap but I mean um we are actually making headway once again we're not running on um, on treadmills. We're not the hamster on the wheel. We're actually going somewhere. We're not running for nothing. We're not running to prove that we can run and we're not running to show that if we had to run a certain speed, we could do it. No, we're trying to get somewhere. And I think that is the ultimate difference. So we have to plan a time to plan. And I think one of the biggest things with that, we have to constantly let our schedule be open to change as we, as we talked about, but only for the purpose of proper productivity. Listen, not for allowing just any old randomness to dismantle our day and our schedules. I think as crazy as it sounds, we have to allow time for randomness, allow time for, you know, no nonsense. I think you have to have a balance of both. I think a lot of times many offices, for example, allow random, you know, pop in and out, you know, hey, what are y'all doing? Oh, let me show you this YouTube video I found and just kind of like snowballs. And I think certain offices, if not most offices, I think the reason they do that is not because they have this really awesome community, even though that's what they say, or that they're stewarding a melting pot of fast-paced ideas, even though that's what they say. I think it's because they're bored. And I think the reason they're bored is because they're doing too much of things that we think they're supposed to be doing instead of what they are actually pulled to do. I think when you're doing the thing you're pulled to do, you have to make somebody you know, somebody has to pull you away from that to focus on something else because you're so into what you're doing. You know, I think sometimes just because we work in an office, if you work in an office, I think just because you work in an office, it doesn't mean that you have to take on this imaginary personality and characteristic of an office worker, quote unquote. And I think that's sometimes the trap we fall in because I think to really steward properly, you know, the time we have you know, whether that be four hours a day, you know, eight hours a day, four hours a week, if, you know, if you read that book, uh, <laughs> I think to steward properly, you know, is more than just the job we do and the objectives we have from week to week, either for ourselves, you know, even beyond, you know, a quote unquote job atmosphere, even our personal lives and things that we want to do, maybe personal projects, you know, everything from journaling to maybe there's an album you want to do, anything like that. I think you have to really plan to plan 
everything in there from the fun you want to have to the rest that you feel like you're going to need. You know, I think you're going to have to have time to dream, time to do nothing, and time to ask, you know, what you're missing, what you're missing the mark with, with your rest, what you're missing the mark with, with the fun, what you're missing the mark with when you're doing a whole bunch of um, objectives and you're checking all the boxes. You know, you have to make time to do what you want to do, to plan the things that you would like to do beyond that, and then time to look at everything and say what's working, what's not working. And surround yourself with people that are also going to help you figure out what that is. I think sometimes we get trapped in the whole idea of who has a good heart, who has good motives, who has nice objectives, and we don't ask the questions, but what should we be doing? And I think there's such a difference in that because... I think if you, you know, don't set, you know, time restraints and if you don't stick to them, if you don't learn to utilize time, if you don't learn to utilize communication, then you're never going to stop wasting. And I think God really cares about time we waste, just like I believe he cares about the talents we waste, the relationships we waste, the opportunities we waste, you know, all of the things that are inside us that could grow and develop and become something so amazing. We so easily believe that. We believe that if you're a good singer, that God's given you a gift that you need to put yourself in the right schools and around the right mentors and the right classes and, and the right practice form, you know, practice formats. You need to be around all that kind of stuff to become what you really could be, that you could take something small and through time, through energy, through focus, it could, could become something else. And I think we think about that with so many things except our time. And I think our time time is something that we waste just way too much. I think another thing is I don't think this should, you know, derail us from resting because I think rest isn't waste. But I do think that being lazy is wasteful. And I think, you know, you may be resting while being lazy, but that doesn't mean that all rest involves laziness. Again, you may be resting while being lazy, but that doesn't mean that all rest involves laziness. So I think you have to be really honest with yourself and comfortable with surrounding yourself with people who don't mind being honest with you. Uh, you know, don't stop being frustrated about what you're missing out on. I think, um, you know, as long as there's frustration, there's still an opportunity to find a solution. If you're not frustrated, I think, you know, you're never going to realize the reality of what is in you to grow. I, I've heard this a lot of times that, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you're not changing, you're dying. But I think if you're not frustrated, you're dying because it, what being frustrated is what causes you to change. And being frustrated is what causes you to grow. Being frustrated with the money you make, with the house you live in, with the people around you, with the stuff you're creating, with the people you're creating with. I think a healthy frustration can bring about something that forces yourself to change where you are and to change where you are going. And I think that's an awesome thing to do and something we shouldn't be intimidated by. You know, I think you got to be honest about what you don't want to miss, you know, what you don't want to miss out on. You know, if you feel like you're talented, but you feel like it's just not, you know, connecting, you're not where you want to be or connecting with the people you feel like you should be connecting with, not in like a carnal, you know, whack, you just want to rub shoulders type of way, but a real pull in your soul to where you feel like you could be, I think you have to allow yourself to be honest about what you do not want to miss out on and allow that frustration of that you're currently missing it rise to the top to invoke some kind of change to take you where you could be. It's always better to find a solution 
than to have a solution to be forced on you. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where a solution has been forced upon you because you wouldn't take the time to find a solution, but trust me, it's better that you find the solution than a solution to be forced upon you. How's that going to happen? Again, we have to plan a time to plan. Monday, 8 o'clock, I'm going to plan at 8 o'clock on Monday a plan for Monday through Friday or whatever. However, you feel like it may work best for you. It may, you know, adjust from week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter. It doesn't matter. As long as you get in there, you'll see all the holes that were or that are kind of seeping out all of your energy, all of your time, all of your resources. And the more you plan, the more you'll be able to dissect and create better plans. And the more you create better plans, we will find a way to work smarter, not harder. And that's what it's about. So thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of 2020 of the Sandbox Podcast about working smarter, not harder. Uh, we got a lot of traction. We're doing new things. We better stay tuned in. January 26th of this year, Sandbox's little brother of a podcast, which shall not be named yet, will be released. And we cannot wait for it. It's going to be an awesome time. Subscribe. Let us know where you're listening from. If there's anything you would like to listen to, you know, uh, listen about, DM me. Let me know. We will make sure to do the best we can to make sure that we are not just leaders who lead people, but leaders who can lead leaders. And we will be better for it. Let's remember, above everything else, to play nice in that sand box. <laughs>